Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm all about helping you automate your business tasks, grow with social media channels, and also teach with only the best online tools. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I love to say that I love connecting with you and I hope that this podcast brings you a little bit of inspiration during your week, whether that's motivation to keep teaching or to shift something in your business or to add some automation so that you can get more students. Whatever it is, I'm just thrilled that you're here and I'm thrilled that you're interested in improving yourself and your business. Today's review comes from iTunes from Profit3x who said, I thoroughly enjoy listening to Carly's podcasts. The contents are brief and extremely impactful. I have learned many tips and tricks to utilize in my studio, and I am so grateful to have been introduced to teach music online. Someone once asked me which topic is my favorite so far. I couldn't answer because there are so many that I love. It's hard to select just one. Thank you for what you are doing for our community, Carly. Thank you for leaving your review and please everyone who hasn't left a review, go leave a review because I love reading them and it really helps others find the TMO podcast. In today's interview, I'm chatting with Andrew Higgins. Andrew is a composer, teacher, and music educator who's worked with major educational publishers, music publishers around the world. Part of his work has included giving lectures and workshops, often with the theme of developing musicality in students at the earliest ages. These workshops have taken him all over the world, including the, the UK, Ireland, Vienna, Singapore, Iceland, Malaysia, Vietnam, and more. I'm sure he's been to many, many places. In our call today, we're actually talking about an incredible technology that he's become involved with called Match My Sound, which helps the teacher assign music for the student to practice with during the week using sound comparison technology. I love our discussion today. It's all around creating lessons where the student feels encouraged and motivated to practice in a way that allows themselves to self-assess and really learn how to be an active listener as they're learning music instead of just reading what's on the page. It's really a fun discussion around teaching, technology, all things modern, which is, of course, what I love on this podcast. And as a bonus, Andrew also shares some amazing insights into how teachers can introduce improvisation and composition to students at any age. Okay, let's dive into this discussion. I think you're going to love it. And so you know, there are links in the show notes below the podcast so that you can check out this technology to try out for your studio as well. Okay, here we go. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's my pleasure. It's great to have you, and I'm just thrilled to introduce our teachers to Match My Sound, the amazing technology that it is, and the, the amazing tool that it provides studio owners. So we have a lot of listeners that have never heard of Match My Sound. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what it is and what it provides the studio owner? So Match My Sound is an assessment technology. Um, first and foremost, there are other elements to it as well, but... Um, one of the biggest problems that you have as a, as a teacher, any teacher, but a piano teacher particularly, is what happens between one lesson and the next. 
and you can do a really I've done this so many times you've delivered a really good lesson the student has absolutely understood everything you've said they've walked out of the door and they come back the next week and lo and behold you have to give the same lesson again because they didn't retain any of it because they didn't practice at all so that's really frustrating for the teacher but it's also frustrating for the student as well so what Match My Sound allows you to do is it allows you to engage with the students between the lessons in a kind of default way. So you set it up during the lesson, you set up some exercises, you work with the student on setting up these exercises so they know what to expect and they know what to do. And then they've got a week to actually do these exercises and then they can submit them to you. And they only need to submit them when they've reached a certain level. So that means they're encouraged to reach that level before they submit. Well, that in itself will encourage them to practice more. So that's that's the, the good thing for the teacher. And then when they come back for the next lesson, you can go through it together. You can actually work through the process together. So for a teacher, often the argument is that the teacher has to spend an awful lot of time in the week looking at whether they've submitted in it and that kind of thing. Well, you don't really have to do that if you just park everything into each lesson and, and do it that way. It seems to work out quite well, but it helps the student to practice more efficiently. Um, we call it guided practice and it allows them to minimize the amount of time they practice because they're not just randomly going from the beginning of a piece to the end of a piece. And also there are some other things that you can do with it. You can isolate certain passages, which is really, really useful. So they only practice those passages. One of the pieces that I've taught so many times for release, for instance, the most difficult part of that piece is the middle section. By the time the student has learned that middle section, they are so bored of the rest of the piece. <laughs> they never play it well. So I always get them I was getting to start on that middle section and I don't share the rest of the piece with them until they've secured that middle section. And then the rest of the piece is, is pretty relatively easy. So little tricks like that you can actually do using Match My Sound more effectively. So, uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing it does. Yeah. And the way that it's done is through this amazing technology where it can take a recording or whether from the teacher or a recording that they bring in or something that is pre-existing in the program and it takes that piece of music and it compares it to what the student plays they hit record or they're they're practicing it they play it and then the teacher can set up how um i guess rigorous the assessment is whether it's it, it's assessing them at a high level or a beginner level and then it will basically give them a score is that kind of right it, it tells the student how they're doing but then it will also quickly tell the teacher how they're doing on that section exactly it does exactly all of those things that you said and the way it does it is really clever one of the big misnomers that I found when I talk to teachers um, is that they think that it works off an off a MIDI file. So it's very strict in its notation, but it doesn't work like that. You can use an audio file and the best way I can use it or I use it is I get the student to play their own audio file. So if they're working on a short passage, we do it in the lesson until they get it reasonably comfortable and that becomes their model. They have to be able to retain that model. That's one way you can do it. The other way you can use it is you can play the piece as a teacher, the way you would like the student to play it. I don't like to do that too often, but I will do that. And that allows them to imitate. You, they can use that as a model. And the technology analyzes every one forty-third of a second. 
So that means if you put into your performance a certain amount of rubato and a certain amount of texture, the the um, the technology will pick that up. It will notice that if you read it carefully. It's not a right or wrong. It's much more flexible than that. So I found that you can use it in that way. You can use the MIDI file if you want to. So maybe you're having trouble with some particular passage of rhythm, then perhaps the MIDI file is the appropriate thing to use. But I try to always use the audio and uh, it provides the better example. But it's uh, it, it works really well also with students who don't read music. And um, I've had a few students who don't read music and it's a real blessing for them because I've taught them some amazing pieces, grade, you know, grade eight, level 10 pieces that really work. They can play because I've been able to break them down into these sections and we've been able to learn them, um, you know, just by using this sectional approach and using the audio. And it's amazing what they've achieved. So it has real benefits for those for different styles of learning. And that's that's a real good thing for a teacher to be able to do because notation on its own can sometimes be a bit of a, mm -hmm. a prison I think. So. Have you found that teachers you know I'm, I'm kind of thinking from a teacher perspective getting a student to the point where they're using it every day or at least a couple times a week you know introducing them to it is how does that go and have you you know how have you been able to i guess onboard somebody into the program with success because we all know students have a hard enough time just opening their method books <laughs> so i mean does it make them excited are they more encouraged to yeah, get it out I, I think it's different for them because one of the biggest problems with students is they don't listen they play with their eyes not with their ears so when you introduce this technology and they record themselves, because I encourage them to do that, I've always encouraged students to record themselves. This actually demands that you record yourself because you're always testing yourself. So the real advantage of this is the fact that they, they get used to this idea of testing themselves and they get excited by it. They really like to test themselves. And also in the, our culture, which is an exam-led culture, this idea of having to perform at a certain level over a certain period is a real advantage that they get used to it. They're used to the stress. And I just introduce it at a lesson and we work through it. And sometimes we don't do it with every piece. We might just do it with one of the pieces and then we'll do it, we'll introduce the others. And then it just becomes a normal, ordinary thing to do. Um, and they're, they're very comfortable with it, for sure. So I can imagine since the pandemic, you know, we're now two and a half hour, two and a half hours, two and a half years into yeah, it, yeah. Um, that Match My Sound has really become so helpful and beneficial for distance learning. Mm. Um, what was the growth you kind of saw with it, or at least the application for teachers as they transitioned their studios online instead of being with the student in person? Well, the pandemic really moved technology on leaps and bounds because suddenly you didn't really have a choice and it was a challenge I first you know my immediate thing was to jump onto zoom and try and figure out a way to do lessons through zoom and it was fine with existing students it was fine with older students because right. the level of discourse that you have with them is such that they can understand what you're talking about but beginners it's quite a challenge for beginners so once you've got over those basics, the, the, the match my sound is, can be used as a bit of a fun tool. There's the gamification in it. You can test them on it. There's some uh, a little app in there for ear training and things like that. So 
there's all kinds of little things that they can have fun with, which are fun things, which encourage them to actually uh, practice and to play. But the whole thing, the explosion of technology um, through the pandemic has been incredible, really. And it certainly caught a lot of teachers out, let's say. And (laughs) it it moved them towards something they probably would never have considered um, in any other circumstance. So in that respect, it has been uh, really useful. But I think it's a great it's a great thing to be able to have that flexibility to teach in, in different ways, you know. When I have students who are close to taking recitals or exams, I can really increase the amount of times they practice and they con- contact me and I'll allow them to do that. So they can send me videos of pieces and I uh, that they've recorded and I can listen to them and just give them some little words of advice. So I know that they're in the best shape when they come to, to, to take these entrance exams and things like that. And those are, are real advantages, I think, uh, of the technology as well. What would you say, there are still teachers out there who there may be teaching some in person, some online, mm-hmm. but they're, hesi- they're still hesitant to incorporate new tech. Um, a lot of them are use, they use FaceTime with their phones or they use Zoom still. Zoom isn't terrible, but there just are other tools. Um, what, I don't know, what words of encouragement would you give them or ideas to maybe start incorporating some technology that I've kind of made that my mission to help them realize as they modernize their studio, there is a learning curve, but the result is amazing, you know, in so many ways. Do you have anything for those teachers that are listening going, yeah, that sounds nice, but maybe that's not for me. I think there's a resistance from from some musicians to the idea that technology, which you equate with science, has got anything to do with musical expression. And we don't really say that at much my time. We say that what it tests is it tests pitch and rhythm. Okay, that's basically what it, it tests. So it tests the length of notes, the 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 quality of the rhythm and and the pitch. But if you're a creative teacher, you can actually use it for more than that. You can actually use it to do lots of other things. They will send feedback and recordings to you. And within those recordings, you can actually get to the musical details as well. But also the nature of the technology and the fact that it will work off an audio file as well as a MIDI file means that if you use the audio, you're not getting just a static beat by beat by beat piece of music. You're getting more flexibility. So it is more musical. And I've always believed that music is is half science, half feeling. You know, there is that that sense that an awful lot of music is maths. You know, it really is. It's just numbers. And and when you think of it like that, a good technique for a musician is the ability to bark, being the obvious example, is this ability to create music out of numbers, really. And uh, and it's it's an amazing thing to do that. So I think technology is working off that basis it will test things and it will test them fairly accurately but ultimately the teacher is the true test of of the musicianship and so teachers should use the technology to support the learning to encourage the student to uh, to practice more effectively more efficiently to record themselves to be used to listening back to themselves but ultimately it's the teacher who actually decides on the musicality of a, a piece of music I think we're not replacing a teacher with any of the tech nope. that is introduced. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> we need our teachers. And, we you know, do. I always encourage teachers like bring in your personality, bring in what mm. you're passionate about, bring in what mentors have given you that get you excited about music. There's nothing wrong with how we all learned in the traditional method where we went to someone's house and studied with them for an hour a week. And that worked for us as musicians. And I think recognizing the tools that are that are being introduced to us are not replacing us. They're just allowing us to be more musical with students and it also getting students excited about learning because they learn differently, I think, than we yeah. used to learn. Yeah. And what, I think what's interesting also, when I started my career, I was really uh, working with bands and in rock music and pop music and, and things like that. And a lot of these people are self-taught. They have taught themselves music and I work with many of them and they were brilliant musicians. They had great ears. They could listen to a record once and just have it down, you know, and, and they didn't need sheet music. It wasn't a necessary tool for them. And I learned that skill with them as well. I, I acquired that. So I had this ability to be, to never be prejudicial against a, a musician who, was self-taught and who couldn't read music. Reading music is just one element of, of, uh, of how you perform music. But the main thing is the ability to understand how music works. And you don't have to read music to do that. It helps enormously, but you don't have to, to be able to do that. So I'm very comfortable working with students who don't read music. And I think the technology helps me do that because they can use the audio file. I can upload it for them and they still get a test. They still get a result from it. So it really allows me to be, it allows all my students to get engaged in the process. And, and I really like, I really like that idea that I can teach very high level pieces to, to students that are capable, but don't read music. And, sometimes that has been a barrier in the past so it's yeah that that the technology absolutely helps with that for sure as teachers explore match my sound a little bit they will likely be introduced to real-time audio as well mm -hmm. can you tell us how a little bit about real-time audio because i know teachers would love to hear about it and how it works with match my sound yeah, real-time audio is a separate technology. It's a sister company. And what real-time audio does is allows musicians, broadly allows musicians to play in real time from different locations in an ideal world. But its context within Match My Sound is slightly different. Within the actual program of Match My Sound, it just provides a better sound quality for the lesson. So Zoom is restricted because it's designed for voice with Match My Sound and using the real-time audio and the live lesson feature, you can actually adjust the sound parameters specifically for music. So that creates a better quality sound of the lesson. So that helps. If you want to play with a new, another musician in a different location, then you need a different piece of technology as well on top of that. And then that allows you to rehearse and to play duets and all those kind of things in very real time. The closer you are, the closer the real time. But even if you're a thousand miles away, it's milli, milliseconds and you're almost in time and it's indetectable. And it's an amazing technology that will one day revolutionize <laughs> rehearsals and music making and all those kind of things. It's, it's place in Match My Sound, it's for live lessons. So you can actually enjoy um, the quality of sound with the mm -hmm. students. And that's, that's, it. that's how it works in Match My Sound. 
Yes. And that's something I definitely am looking forward to introducing to our audience as it becomes more available. Mm. Um, the, the tech, the tech that allows that simultaneous play with people up to a thousand miles apart. Mm. Um, but currently the real-time audio is a feature within match my sound for hosting the live lesson. So it's for hosting the virtual lesson yeah. for teachers. Yeah. So you don't need a zoom effectively mm -hmm. and, and you can use that. Uh, you can use match my sound as a, as a zoom in itself and, you know, for doing exactly what we're doing now. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a very useful uh, additional tool for, for, for the teacher as well, as well as all the other benefits for, for the mm -hmm. music. Well, I, this has been so fun. I've had a couple of questions in my mind more about you and your career, because I feel right. like you, you have just this amazing history of so many wonderful things you've done. And, you know, Match My Sound is maybe in the more recent years. Mm -hmm. um, but I would just love to hear, since we have you here, what, you know, the question in my mind is there's a lot of teachers who they are musicians they are teachers and maybe on the back end, they would love to compose someday or one day or maybe in the future. And you seem to be able to really blend them all together and make a, you have a very well-rounded, wonderful, fulfilling life as a musician, teacher, composer. Um, there, what words would you have for teachers who are thinking, have in their mind, like I'd love to compose someday or start writing what can they do to kind of start so that they can have those that fulfillment in as musicians because i think there's so much goodness that can come from creating even if it's not with the intent of having you know these worldwide published books but even if it's just for creating for their own students i think the first thing you must do is understand how music works and and going back to these guitarists they were so often guitarists but guitarists who taught themselves how to play they would often say oh i don't know anything about music theory and that is just not wasn't the case they knew which chords went together they knew what the keys were they knew the shapes on the on the guitar which were the chords they knew them and they knew how they worked and how they blended and that's and i was able to look at the notation and put it to one side and say i'm going to do what they do I'm going to listen and I'm going to work out which chords fit with which keys and how keys are structured. And I'm going to just be able to play them one after the other without actually thinking about music. And that's the first step. The first step is you must be able to put some chords together very simply and be able to um, to just move from one chord to another in a quite a smooth, smooth fashion. And then for each i used to say to my students i used to say you know if you're playing a set of chords in a key almost any note you play in that key in the right hand will make a melody so and you will learn which notes are right and which notes are wrong and when they're wrong just move to the next note quickly and then it's a suspension and i used <laughs> to give my students all these little tips and i said sometimes if you play a wrong note make it louder so it becomes an accented passing note, you know, the, the, these, these <laughs> kinds of things. I say, don't worry about them, make them work. And one of the other things I used to do with my students is I used to create hierarchies of chords as well. So I'll try and describe this. But if you have a major key, you've essentially got six chords. One, two, three, four, five, six. Don't really use seven. So you've got those six chords. 
and you can put the major ones at the top, the minor ones at the bottom, and then you have your substitutions and you can simply work through them and just play with them. And I used to do that in every key that they learned. So they learned all these chords mm. and they just developed this ability to be able to play a few chords. And that's the starting point for melodies. I used to tell them to think of a phrase, just think of any phrase, five, six words and say it, and it would give them a rhythm. So then, then just play a scale in that rhythm and then maybe miss a few notes out. And then, and, and suddenly they began to understand that music is a kind of language. And once you have a kind of language, you can speak in that language. And, and, and I would urge teachers and students to, to spend 20 minutes of their lesson, of their practice session, just messing about at the piano. And my teacher used to say to me, he did, he, I remember he did this once at school. I'd spent the whole, he used to have a, he used to have a, a lesson in the school and I used to practice in the back room, the little music room at the back. And he listened to me once and I just spent the whole of the time playing around on the piano. And he, he, I came out and he said, you have just wasted 40 minutes of very good practice time. But what he didn't realize is I was learning all the way through that. And my teacher was quite a strict old fashioned teacher and he hadn't really noticed that what I'd been doing in that time was exploring all the possibilities. And it was a good thing that I'd been doing, not a bad thing. And once you, once you realize that wasting your time at the piano is actually creative, <laughs> you can, and tell students it's okay to do that. Allocate 10 minutes of your time to be creative, to relax, uh, then, it's a it's a good thing and that's that's kind of how I arrived where I arrived and then the rest was just about notation and things like that mm -hmm. so it's it was a fun journey for sure so, oh thank you so much that's so fun to hear I always love hearing how teachers incorporate that into their lessons into their own study because I I think so many I know a lot of the teachers that I work with have have been and are so traditional and they mm -hmm. have this urge or this like desire, you know, to, to get into mm. jazz a little bit more, to get into improv, to get into composition themselves, because they all, they want to, they want to introduce mm. it to students. And I love how you explained it. It's something we can explore with them. It doesn't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to get to any, arise to any level <laughs> before yeah. you bring students. I think the hardest in. thing, the hardest thing is the blank piece of paper. And I think that's where they struggle, you know, to write something. It's the blank piece of paper where do you start and I think if I give them a starting point okay let's start in E flat that's a starting point play the chords in E flat until you stumble across something that you like there's your starting point it's the blank sheet that is the problem yeah. and a lot of people say when I've been to these improvising seminars a lot of the people just say oh you just sit at the piano and play how you feel that's just not going to work it's not going to work you know it works later but it doesn't work earlier. And I think I try to I try to give them a platform from which they can be expressive. And that's that's I think the key. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your overview of this great technology and sharing some insight with us. And I for teachers listening, I will link your all of the links to match my sound so that they can check out mm -hmm. how to use it. They can test it out with their students. Is there any other, anything else you wanna share with teachers about the Match My Sound technology or what they, what they have to look forward to with it? Well, I would say, don't be afraid of the technology. It's your friend. 
And I would also say that there are other amazing benefits with it. You can organize your students with it. If you have lessons that have worked for others, for one student, you can share them across a whole range of other students. You can actually share materials, you know, between students. You can also invite the te uh, the parents to get involved and they can see the progress of the student. There's all those things that, uh, that they can use the technology for as well. And it really is, uh, you know, bargain basement prices as well. So mm -hmm. that's what I would awesome. say. Worth well, thank penny. you so much, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. With 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.